Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. It feels so fucking good to be back, I cannot tell you. Uh, sorry, I will say for the, um, I guess you could say the unexpe unexpected uh, vacation I took. Uh, there was a lot of shit going on in the family medically. There was a lot of shit going on for the holidays. There was a lot of shit going on at work. And I am honestly just ready for myself to even just fucking take a break from it all. But this is enjoyment for me. So I am happy to be back and doing this. And uh, I am not making any promises, but I am going to start doing this as a weekly show. Uh, I've talked about it for a while. I've said that, you know, hey, this is something I wanted to do. <clears throat> so, uh, I'm going to be, you know, doing this for, uh, you know, a while. See if it's something I can manage. And I hope I can because it's something that I am looking forward to doing, honestly. Uh, so with that, let's go ahead and break it down. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. That is the best way to keep up with new episodes as they're coming out. If you can, also please leave us a review. I know that we've gotten some reviews uh, like towards the beginning of my you know, holiday vacation, and I greatly appreciate those reviews. So if you could, just like I said, leave us a review. It's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platforms. Also, go ahead and check out our social media. Uh, even though I was not putting out podcasts, I was active on social media when I was, uh, you know, on my little holiday vacay. So go ahead and check out our social media. That's the best way to keep up with us in between podcast episodes. Uh, and also, go ahead and Patreon. I greatly appreciate any help that you guys can give me on Patreon. Uh, you know, it goes directly into the podcast. It goes directly into uh, keeping this, you know, podcast published. Uh, like I said, even though uh, I was on a holiday vacation, like I still have to pay, you know, monthly to Podbean uh, to keep the podcast up and going, to keep the, uh, the past episodes out there uh, for people to listen to, to discover, and all that good stuff. So uh, I greatly appreciate anything you guys give me on Patreon. Uh, it's to a lifestyle podcast that you can look me up on. And uh, I think that's it. So with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the show. Well, we don't have a lot of shooting sports to talk about just because of the fact that, you know, it is like, not necessarily, I wouldn't say the off season, but like, you know, during the winter in the holidays, there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, with that, but I'm going to announce this comes from Amaland, uh, and its titled is Glock holding multiple instructional courses at CMP's Talladega in March. So, you know, if you haven't gone to any fire like formal firearms training, you know, and I'm not just talking like a basic CCW class, I highly recommend that you go do that because it is something that you will really enjoy, and it is also something that you will take with you and you will learn new skills even if you've gone to firearms classes before you know take even if you know say there's only like one firearms class available you know and if you take it like you know once you know 
every other year it's something that can uh, greatly benefit you you know you know instru a good instructor is going to constantly evolve his class and you know and he's going to constantly change it to make it you know relevant he's going to constantly change it to make sure that uh, you know updated teaching techniques and things like that so you're going to pick something up and then also it's a good practice it's a good practice to have you know somebody a third party uh, you know somebody that's hopefully got some professional training uh, that knows what the fuck they're talking about is going to you know pick up on some stuff that you're doing and he's going to better you as a shooter so with these classes some of the classes that they're offering they're offering a Glock armors course and they're offering a Glock MOS operator course now, this is pretty cool uh, it is designed to enhance the knowledge and skills uh, and it's you know it's mainly for red dots and red dots is becoming the new thing and you know I think it's going to become standard for pistols probably in the next 20 years so it's something that I think you definitely need to be familiarizing yourself with and with that let's go ahead and start getting on into the next story which this is gonna be a lot of just because there is a lot of shit going on with this so let's go ahead and talk about the ATS pistol brace ruling and we're going to actually be pulling a source, our sources from multiple, uh, you know, news outlets to include the Farms Blog, uh, Pew Pew Tactical, Ammo Land, and the actual uh, DOJ itself. So, if you aren't familiar, this has been like a long thing coming. Uh, this is something that's been in the works in the in the kind of the pipeline coming down for a while uh, you know it first came with 80% lowers and you know we were told pistol braces were next well the other shoe has dropped uh, pistol braces are now on the chopping block and in regards to this I'm telling you it's very fucking confusing because I think it's like a 392 page uh, opinion coming from the ATF and the Department of Justice and you know it, it's it's a whole lot of nothing it's like very very fucking unclear exactly even what's in this ruling so i mean kind of the short and dirty of it is that the atf is stating again because you know at first uh they said you know and you know if you're familiar with farms you understand that the atf has changed their mind numerous times on this uh at first the atf said that you know stabilizing braces pistol braces were okay as long as you didn't shoulder them then they said it was okay then they said it wasn't okay and then they kind of said it was okay again uh, but now they are making all pistol braces whether they are shouldered or unshouldered uh, now is being classified as an SBR which is a short belt rifle under the NFA Act and under the NFA if you aren't familiar with it, the NFA is a Federal Farms Act that was passed during, uh, you know, prohibition to fight, uh, you know, bootlegging, and it basically stated that, you know, it was it was basically like the first big crime bill, uh, the first big gun control act uh, of the federal government, and it's you know when the NFA first passed, pistols were actually on the NFA, and the pistols, you know to get a pistol you would have to pay a $200 tax stamp just to get a pistol uh, but now this is something that the NRA did you know a long time ago 
back in its, its early days, the NRA said, you know, hey, if you take um, pistols off of the NFA, we won't fight it. So, you know, they left short-barreled rifles on there, short-barreled shotguns, any other weapon, suppressors, all that kind of stuff on there. So now, with short barrel rifles uh, being on the NFA and pistol braces on any firearm is considered a short barreled rifle, uh, that is now they're stating it fall falls under the NFA. And what that is is now for any firearm that you currently own, the ATF is stating that you have to submit a you know a uh, form one, and you have to get a you know. In the future, paid, and I'm kind of breaking it down. This is from now on, basically. Uh, from now on, you will have to pay a $200 tax stamp, get your fingerprints, wait for a background check, and then you can get it. Now, if you currently have a AR-15 type rifle or pistol with a uh, pistol brace on it, the, NF, uh, the ATF is stating that they are offering a 120-day grace period. Now during this 120 day grace period they are stating that uh, you have to form one do the exact same thing but what they are stating is that they are waiving that $200 tax stamp and there's a lot of crazy legally shit going on here so you know the NFA is a congressional past act it is, you know, it states that, you know, th th that Congress passed this. And nobody can go around Congress unless the Supreme Court does and says it's unconstitutional. So the ATF is saying that, no, you don't have to pay this tax, which they don't have the authority to do so. Just like they don't have the authority to basically, you know, make up firearms laws out of thin air and say that this is a short bell rifle. But just going to this ruling you know the NF, or the ATF does not have the authority to do that so that's one possible legal challenge uh, and you know in regards to what the ATF is classifying as a SBR or not because they're even saying that a pistol brace can still not be considered an SBR it's they're just going to take it on a case-by-case -case basis and basically, they won't know whether it is an SBR until they actually, you know, put you in fucking jail, put you in fucking handcuffs, and say this is a short-barreled rifle or not. And they're going based off not only what the intended use is, which is what they were ruling on what pistol braces were previously, you know, it was the intended use of this firearms accessory. They are going based off of what farms manufacturers ads show. And here is the fucking nuts part. Is they are going based off of what they're actually being used. So even if somebody is using it not for its intended purpose. And you know they upload a you know shouldering a pistol brace on a firearm onto YouTube or Facebook or Instagram that can be used against the company which is absolutely fucking bananas you know if somebody buys a Ford F-150 and they you know add a bunch of fucking shit to it that makes it unsafe that doesn't make Ford liable 
for how that F-150 is reckless. You know, it, it is absolutely fucking bananas that the ATF is doing this. Now, here's another kicker. So, in this, like, you know, over 300-page opinion, it states that they may forgive that $200 tax stamp for now. But they can actually come back to you later and ask for that $200 tax stamp. So for all the people that are going to abide by the law, and you know, I, everyone I know that has a pistol brace has more than one of them, for all these people that might have two, three, four, five, six, you know, AR-15s with pistol braces and they decided they don't want to be, you know, all of a sudden criminals because you know they have a good job uh, a good house that kind of stuff because violation of the NFA you could face up to 10 years in prison and I think it's a $250,000 fine from the ATF if you are found guilty they don't want to risk their freedom they don't want to risk their livelihood their family and all that kind of stuff so if they decide that yeah I'm gonna do the right thing and register these the ATF at a later date can and they honestly probably will because when have you ever known the government to skip an opportunity to fleece the citizens for their money you know if they decide to at a later time come back to you and try and collect that $200 tax stamp now all of a sudden those five you know, pistol braced AR-15s that you registered. Now you have to fork up a thousand dollars to the ATF because in there it states that they can come back at a later time and ask for their two hundred dollar tax stamp. That is just fucking bananas. And then, obviously, you know when we talked about the whole bump stock issue, whenever this happened, that. The bump stocks, you know, were privately made and privately owned items that people were not properly compensated for. Now, bump stocks, when they first came out, they were like $200. Now, you know, and it depends on what you have, but I mean, like pistol braces, like the most uh, popular one, the SBA, pardon me, the SBA-3, you know, that's around $100 is probably what most people paid for them. Now, like coming up to this, uh, you know, SB Tactical and a bunch of other places that had these braces in their stock were selling them at pretty big discounts. I think you could get them for like around 60 bucks. Uh, you know, that is money that you are not going to get back if you decide not to register them. And then not only that, that is money that these manufacturers are not going to get back. That is money that SB Tactical or uh, Sig Sauer uh, for a while I know was making pistol braces. That is money that they are not going to get back. And that is just taking money from private governments. Or not private governments, fuck. Private companies. And that shit right there is unconstitutional as fuck. That's the most un-American thing that I can think of. You know, a government forcing regulations and forcing these people to lose their property without proper compensation. I mean, that is in the actual fucking constitution that says you can, you know, not lose your freedom or your property without due process. And that's exactly what's happening is these people are not getting due process. And it is just absolutely fucking bananas. Now, you know, something else is that a lot of people have talked about, well, the bump stock rule change uh, could affect the 
um, pistol brace. So what happened was is, uh, and this article comes to us from Emmeline, it states that the U.S. Uh, Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, Fifth Circuit overwhelmingly ruled that the ATF overstepped its authority when it published a final rule that classified bump stocks as machine guns. And it's obviously talking about uh, separation of powers, uh, saying that the executive branch cannot go into uh, the congressional branch and basically make their own fucking laws, and they put a stay on it. And, you know, also this goes for the uh, frame, you know, this could be used for the frame and receiver final rule, uh, which is basically, you know, what people might consider the 80% rule, uh, what, you know, the ATF said in regards to making your own firearms. And this could obviously be used for this, but that Court of Appeals only is an effect for the bump stock. Now, We've seen this happen, the bump stock thing happened in fucking 2017. And we've seen now, this is f like five fucking years later that it's finally being, you know, heard by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and it's being seen, uh, you know, as an overstep of the ATF. It took them five years to do this. People have already lost that property. That, those co that company has already gone under. Those people without jobs are already, you know, either you know they moved on basically you know there there's no way that they can get that job back you know that company probably isn't going to come back if bump stocks are overturned it's gonna have to be a new company that comes back and make bump stocks you know the fucking judicial system god love them because we've we've really gotten some victories for the second amendment from the judicial system it is slow. It takes time. It takes fucking forever. And by the time that we are in court, we've already lost. Because that's what's going on with our constitutional rights. And NYSPR, you know, uh, NYI, NYSPRA, I think is what it is, you know, Bruin, the Bruin Act, basically, which came out last year, that said that the... Second Amendment is a fundamental right, and it is to you know come under strict scrutiny uh, for new legislation. You know that is something that can help us, but again, it is going to take a long time. And you know, whenever somebody is you know in the government does something that's found is unconstitutional, it's not like they fucking go to jail for doing something, for violating their oath, for upholding the Constitution of the United States. And honestly, that's something I think we should fucking do. I think we should put in law that if you are a government official and it is seen that you are, you know, it is ruled by the judicial branch that you have done something illegal, your ass is to never hold any sort of government office or job ever and you automatically go to fucking jail for at least two years. And I guarantee you, these fucking, you know, crooked-ass government officials that pass these unconstitutional laws, they will think twice again before they decide to try and pass an unconstitutional law. And I tell you what, something else that's fucking crazy that goes along with these stories, and this comes to us from Ameland, is SB Tactical Customer Information Stolen by Hackers. Now, we have seen... And this is something else that's absolutely fucking crazy. I don't know if you've known know this. So there are like 250 or 300 
fucking, um, I think, yeah, like 250 or 300 former FBI, CIA, NSA, Homeland Security uh, employees working for social media sites. And these people, you know, aren't like fucking, you know, Jack Reacher or fucking, uh, you know, Jack, John Ryan kind of shit. You know, they're not like fucking breaking down and shooting. Because intelligence nowadays and, you know, for the, especially those agencies, it's all digital based. It's all digital forensics, digital security, that kind of stuff. So these people are fucking whizzes at, you know, finding information on, you know, hard drives, the cloud, the internet, whatever it may be for, you know, America's enemies. And, you know, obviously they're doing that with the private companies that they're working for now. So, SB Tactical notified its customers via email that the company experienced a data breach that exposed their personal information to hackers. According to Zero Hedge, the industry-leading pistol-stabilizing brace device manufacturer, says that its personal information, uh, its customers' personal information, leaked onto the internet. According to SB Tactical, email customers' name, addresses, phone numbers, credit card numbers, CCV numbers, and expiration dates might have been leaked. So this data breach has affected customers that now, and here's the fucking kicker here. The data breach affected customers that purchase pistol braces through the company's website between September 19th of 2022 and December 13th of 2022. And when did we first start hearing that pistol braces were on the chopping block? When did we really hear that it was only a matter of time before pistol braces were going to become illegal via the ATF. It's around that fucking time frame. So, the company recommends customers to monitor the credit card statements for fraudulent charges and contact the financial institution if any unknown changes appear. Now, I don't think that's going to be the issue. Because, as we saw with uh i think it was like the frt 15 basically the force reset triggers you know the companies and and sp tactical is not some kind of fuck it's not fucking rainier arms you know rainier arms uh who willingly gave the fucking inf- you know their customers information to people in i think it was like washington or you know and it wasn't washington washington is where they're based out of uh that they willingly gave their customers information uh, to the New York government, uh, you know, because of, you know, all of a sudden what is was legal is now illegal, uh, and you know their New York customers might have it in their possession. I would not be surprised if, you know, and this is fucking me on my tinfoil hat. I would not be surprised if it was some sort of fucking government sponsored hacking that you know hey it's a lot easier to hack into this company's database than to you know serve it a subpoena and wait you know forever how long it's going to take and then have them 
you know, fight it with their attorneys, and then it's going to be that much longer before we're able to make examples out of these, you know, quote-unquote terrible gun owners that have these pistol braces. You know, that is just me with my tinfoil hat. I just think it is mighty fucking coincidental that this happened. So, going on into the next story. Uh, This is coming to us from the... Uh, Department of Justice out of the Western District of Oklahoma. Federal prosecutors are aggressively pursuing those who lie in connection with firearms transactions. So, it is, I mean, it is something that it seems like, you know, last year we had some really great wins when it comes to the Second Amendment. You know, we had the Bruin case. uh, You know, we had, I think Freedom Week was either last year or like the very tail end of the year before that. Uh, We've had a lot of good stuff. You know, you see a lot of these uh, Circuit Court of Appeals and, you know, district courts that are overturning these unconstitutional gun laws at the state and local levels based off of the Bruin case. Uh, you know, a lot of good victories for the Second Amendment. But we cannot be complacent. We have to be able to continue to fight. We cannot be lackadaisical for our Second Amendment rights. Because now we see, you know, the fucking 80% receiver uh, rule. We see the pistol brace rule. We see the ATF coming down on these local gun dealers over 4473s. We see, uh, you know, them coming after, uh, you know, gun owners and fucking firearm dealers over uh, fucking uh, firearms transactions. And that's something else uh, in regards to this pistol brace ruling. You know, these firearms dealers that have these AR-15s with pistol braces, they are having to, you know, if they don't have an SOT, they have to fucking, you know, do all this extra shit that the ATF is now requiring them to do. And with SOTs, if you have an SOT, you got to like form one it, then form four it. It's it's a whole fucking crazy mess. And I'm telling you right now, if I was a gun dealer, I would honestly just to not have the fucking headache if you have an FFL I, I would not I would hope that I don't have a fucking AR15 with the pistol brace on it but just because of the fucking headache that you're going to have it's absolutely fucking insane so let's go on into the next story uh Franklin and this comes to us from Amelan Franklin Armory and FRAC sue the ATF for APA violations and now this is something else that has come on with I think it was oh I think it was the department it was the EPA that's what it was the Environmental Protection Agency uh, and that's something else that is going to greatly help the Second Amendment is the recent Supreme Court ruling in regards to the EPA basically making their own interpretations of federal law making it up basically but they're making up interpret you know their own interpretations of federal law not letting the you know the courts do this or asking uh you know the legislature to make clarifications to law to pass new things on it you know this is what they're they're doing and uh they are you know going to just be spanked in the fucking ass for this shit but anyway going back to the story basically the plaintiff's first claim in Farms Regulatory Accountability Coalition 
uh, Coalition Incorporated versus Merrick Garland is that the ATF wrongfully classified Franklin Armory's FAI-15 antithesis as a short-barreled rifle. Now, if you aren't familiar, the antithesis is a AR-15 style firearm with a rifle barrel capable of firing 410 shot shells and 45 long Colt rifle rounds. Uh, for, for sorry, 45 long Colt rounds. The ATF classified the item, item as SBR under the Gun Control Act in the NFA, and the plaintiffs claim that the gun does not meet the ATF definition of an SBR. So basically, under the NFA and the GCA, the ATF considers a far, uh, firearm as a rifle only if it is designed and intended to fire a single projectile. The plaintiffs argue that since the gun fires 410 shotgun shells, it cannot be considered a rifle since the shell consists of multiple projectiles. The firearm also doesn't meet the definition of a SBS uh, under the NFA, uh, the NFA because the barrel is rifled. Sorry, it's getting a little, a little dry there, but. This is uh, kind of like, and I can't remember what the name, I think it was called like the Revelation or the Revolution or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, This firearm kind of falls in line with uh, the gun that they had uh, where it was uh, an AR-15 rifle with the regular stock, not a pistol brace, and it was only like... 11 and a half inches or seven and a half inches or something like that but it didn't have any rifling it was just a smooth bore uh, and that kind of it skirted the NFA by not having that rifling so this is kind of what they're doing so uh, they're trying to say that they are uh, claiming that the NFA or the ATF has overstepped its bounds in creating that law so going on into the next story, the GOA and the GOF encouraged by SCOTUS commentary and denial of request for stay. This comes to us from Ameland. Uh, and basically what it is stating is that, uh, you know, they challenged the New York's misleadingly named Concealed Carry Improvement Act, uh, stating that the Second uh, Circuit stay of injunction uh, against the law uh, was denied. And they stated, however, that the two justices made it clear that this is not the last time that they would potentially be involved in this case. Justice Alito and Justice Thomas agreed in stating that denial in, for to the stay reflects respect for the second court's procedure in managing their own docket, rather than expressing any view on the merits of the case, and said that applicants should not be deterred by today's order from again seeking relief if the Second Circuit does not, within a reasonable time, provide an explanation for its stay, order, or expedite consideration of appeal. So, uh, Eric Pratt, who is the GOA's Senior Vice President, stated that while we would have hoped for immediate relief from the court, the statement from Justice Alito is incredibly reassuring and that the court is completely prepared to step in and reassert the Bruin precedent should lower courts fail to properly and in a timely manner apply it. So it looks like New York could get its pee-pee fucking slapped again. And that is amazing. And I'm telling you, this is something else. Again, these fucking gun control people and the ATF are just coming full force 
So this article comes to us from Amland, and its title is ATF Open Letter Machine Gun Dealer Sales Samples. And what it is, this is a message from the ATF stating that the attached open letter to the FFL community is to advise them on restriction parameters, which generally prohibits the possession or transfer of machine guns imported or manufactured after May 19th, 1986, with limited exceptions. So basically, what happened uh, is, you know, at this time, uh, they had the Congress passed an act stating that no more machine guns were allowed to be manufactured and uh, what you know even though there are still some machine guns being made and what they are is they're called dealer samples and what dealer samples are are samples that SOT dealers can make uh, as long as they say that they are and I'm not an SOT, so I'm not like 100% on this. But basically, as long as the dealer states that this is a sample for like a law enforcement agency in case that they, you know, they want to buy one or if they want to buy one in the future, that kind of shit. So it says prior to approving either the application to transfer or application to import, a post-86 machine gun as a sales sample, ATF needs to be satisfied that the accompanying law letter is a bona fide expression of the government entity's interest in purchasing the machine gun requested. So now I guarantee you what this is going to do is this is an attempt to try and crack down on local governments who are Second Amendment friendly and say, hey, you know, if you are going to keep signing these letters of request and you're not actually going to fucking, you know, you know, purchase these weapons, then you could get in trouble. And, you know, I know for a fact some local governments are basically going to tell the ATF to go fuck themselves. But there's going to be a lot of local governments that are, we're giving out these letters of request and they're going to say, you know, hey... Uh, you know, we don't want to get in trouble. We don't want to, you know, be seen as, you know, the bad guys or people that try and skirt the law to the federal government. So, uh, you know, we are going to stop issuing these. So I think this is a scare tactic for those local governments that are giving out these letter requests to people, uh, the, to these SOTs. It's just more fucking just you know big government pushing down on the little guy that kind of stuff next article and this is kind of an old story um but i wanted to mention this because there's something that a lot of people aren't talking about so and this actually comes to us from cnn a six-year-old shot at virginia teacher with his mother's gun the tragedy highlights the lack of strong secure storage laws across the nation and of course that's what they're going to be you know focusing on they're going to say that you know we can't have these guns with little kids if you're going to have a gun you need to have fucking uh you know this and that so that way they make sure that they're properly stored and all that kind of stuff um but what a lot of people aren't talking about and this comes to from uh comes to us from yahoo news uh it states that the administration knew that this child had this gun earlier in the day and they did nothing about it and because they did nothing about it that's why this tragedy occurred so it's you know 
they want to look at the mother in regards to this. They want to try and have the mother get in trouble for this, or they try to make you know, you know, gun owners look bad for this because this gun was not properly secured. But the school knew of a threat that this child either had a gun or possibly has a gun, and they didn't bother to do a lockdown. They didn't bother to have a school resource officer, or they didn't bother to have um, a fucking uh, you know, police officer come and search the kid's backpack or whatever. You know, I I just don't get it. I know that school resource officers or police officers or sheriff's deputies that respond to schools because they're on lockdown because of a possible weapon threat, that kind of thing, uh, that kind of shit happens all the time. And that school is honestly just as much to blame as you know, the liberals and the gun control people want to say is, you know, gun owners are the reason why this happened. No, that school is just as fucking guilty. This next article comes to us from the center square. And again, the, you know, I could go on and on on these stories about how gun control activists <clears throat> are taking, you know, the fucking momentum or taking the fight back to us after Bruin. And they are pushing and pushing and pushing more gun control on us. And we cannot be complacent. So, the title of this is The List of More Than 170 Banned Guns in Illinois Could Grow. So, we're seeing this in Colorado. We're seeing this in Illinois. We're seeing this in California, New Jersey, uh, Oregon, Washington, all these, you know, per, you know, liberal states are pushing this gun control agenda. So there is currently 170 different semi-automatic guns banned in Illinois, and that could change with state police granted the authority to update the list as needed. So, you know, a politician could come to the leader of the state police in Illinois and say, "Hey, I need to have this political win." I need you to add, you know, this gun, that gun, whatever it may be, to the banned list. And the fucking state police is going to do it because that's the person that put him in charge of the state police agency. And that is something that is just fucking bananas. It's, it's fucking bonkers that just because a politician or a state police officer who wants to gain, you know, extra cookie points from his... Uh, you know, politician that is over him is can add more guns to the ban list for no fucking reason because it just states as needed. And I'm telling you, if you need to contact your local sheriffs, you need to contact your local representatives, and you need to tell them how you feel. Speaking of Illinois, this comes to us from Amaland. Illinois Governor uh, Pritzker furious as sheriffs refuse to enforce gun law. Now, there's an actual map of this, and it is pretty fucking cool. It's pretty much almost the whole fucking state. Uh, you know, the counties of sheriffs are not supporting this gun control measure because they don't see this as constitutional, or they don't see, you know, this as just going after criminals. They see it as an infringement on law-abiding citizens in their jurisdiction. So, uh, there, and it is a majority, like I think 
if I remember, I don't see in this article, I wish they did, they don't have the map, but I've seen the map of all the, you know, counties in Illinois where sheriffs have written letters to the governor and to the state police saying that they will not enforce this new um, so-and-called, you know, banning assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. And, you know, it also bans future sales of about 100 different semi-automatic pistols, shotguns, and rifles. And there's only like maybe I think five or seven counties, uh, of course, like with big metropolitan, you know, democratic populations uh, and voting bases that those sheriffs said that they would uh, enforce these laws. But the governor is is pissed off about this. Um, The executive director of the Illinois State Rifle Association, uh, which is preparing to file a federal lawsuit against the new law, told Land in a telephone conversation, sheriffs elect are elected and the governor cannot fire them. And that's exactly what I was saying about the state police. The state police have to, you know, kiss these politicians' ass because they're appointed by the politicians and uh, all that kind of stuff. So going on into, you know, that's why the sheriffs are elected and they have to answer to the people of that county. That's why sheriffs are, you know, sheriffs, mayors, governors, county commissioners, city councilmen, local legislatures. Those are the biggest fucking elections that you need to make sure that you're out voting for every single fucking time. You need to talk to those people. They need to know your name. You need to make sure that you support the ones that are going to support your constitutional rights, your Second Amendment rights. Those are huge things that you need to do as a Second Amendment advocate. And, you know, I'm not saying that you have to go out and donate money to the GOA or the FPC or the SAF or anything like that. You need to make sure that you support those local politicians and make sure, like I said, they know your name. That whenever that, you know, their secretary or whoever the fuck says, you know, John Smith's here to see you. They know, oh, John Smith here is to talk about, you know, this legislation that's coming up that is going to, you know, either uh, promote a Second Amendment or, you know, prohibit a Second Amendment. And, you know, I know what he's going to say, but he needs to know, you know, they, they need to know your name. Going on into the next article from Ameland, it is titled Colorado Broomfield Passes Anti-Gun Ordinances. And, you know, this is a city uh, which states that it bans the sale and possession of so-called rapid-fire trigger activators, restricts home-built firearms, requires all firearms dealers in the city to post anti-gun propaganda at their places of businesses, offering information to customers, among other things, on how to file red flag orders to strip the Second Amendment of others. Uh, Talks about the prohibit of open carrying firearms in public places located in Broomfield, prohibits the concealed carry of firearms in, I don't know, it says CCOB owned. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, Operated places where signs are prohibited. Updates, definitions, and the code that apply to the regulation of firearms. Uh, And it updates various code provisions for the consistency in light of other code changes. 
But, you know, like I stated earlier, Colorado is also under fire for other things. Uh, you know, local uh, state legislatures there are wanting to pass an assault weapon ban there. So, I mean, I guess the politicians didn't learn the last time whenever they passed the 15-round magazine limit. Which is still in effect in Colorado, but all you know that politician that you know introduced that legislation was recalled, and he lost his recall election. So I mean, I guess they didn't fucking learn. Sorry, gonna take another sip here. Uh, very quenching. Anyway, it's next. All right, so going on in, and I'm gonna not have a normal breakdown of uh you know main segment and then gun gear news and reviews because it is shot show going on uh i am really you know kind of pissed at myself that i didn't go to shot show this year because shot show this year is fucking way better uh than the one i went to the one i went to uh was the first one after covid uh it was like right when they like the delta variant was just coming around and people were still kind of you know iffy uh about getting out into public uh there was like a mask restriction there at shot show uh put on by the venue and a lot of people didn't want to go if they had to wear a mask um you know but like you know everything's in full swing now uh a lot of my buddies are there our old buddy mike that used to be a co-host on the show here he's there at shot show he's giving me uh, pretty good deals there's lots of cool fucking things coming out uh that we're going to talk about so i'm just kind of merging uh these two things together so uh the first thing uh we're talking about is comes to us from uh pew pew tactical uh and to me, the first cool thing, uh, one of the first cool things that I noticed is uh, Beretta's new Model 1301 shotgun. Uh, this is kind of a more budget-friendly shotgun, um, and it's not. Yeah, it is a. You know, I don't know if it's Model 1301, um, but it is very much like the 1301. But it's less than a thousand dollars. It's basically a semi-automatic 12 gauge shotgun, and I shoot shit for skeet, but I love shotguns. I think shotguns are not, you know, going the way of the buffalo. I think they still serve a really good purpose for self-defense and, you know, uh, a primary weapon system. So I'm a huge fan of this. Uh, something that is fucking dumb that has come out, um, and I'm sure you've probably seen it because it's almost meme-like, but it is the new Tombstone. And this is a lever action uh, magazine fed 9mm rifle. And it looks retarded. It is hideous. It is tactical, but it's still uh, a lever action. I'm just not a fan of it. And I love lever actions. I, uh, you know, hunting season is here, and but because of how fucking busy it's been. I have not. I, I didn't go on the camping trip that I said I was going to, even though I have now planned my camping trip now. Uh, I haven't gone hunting yet this season, so uh, I brought my fucking you know two thirty thirty lever action rifles out because I'm planning on going hunting. I even got a new scope for one this year, but uh, you know it is just I had no fucking time to do so. But I mean I love lever actions. Uh, basically is what I'm saying when I 
bringing all that bullshit up. Love lever actions, but uh, you know this is just fucking retarded. It's so dumb. I, I don't see the need for this. I really don't. Uh, next thing uh, comes from Recoil. It's the first look at the Mossberg Patriot LR Tactical. Now I uh, do like this. It comes in 6.5 Creedmoor, 6.5 PRC, and uh, 308 Winchester. It is a uh, two lug push feed system. All barrels are threaded and have an 11 degree target crown. Uh, it's got a 20 MOA top rail. Uh, the trigger pull is their lightning bolt action adjustable trigger, which you can go from two to seven uh, pounds pull. It has the MDT field stock, which uses the aluminum V-block feeding system. Uh, it uses uh, the AICS magazines with 10 round capacity for 6.5 Creedmoor and 308, but seven rounds and 6.5. Um, and it's MSRP for all three rifles, are right at $1,085. So you could probably get these from a retailer. I would say probably like for around $8.99 is what I'm guessing. I'm, you know, that's that's just my guess. I'm not sure. Um, and it's a medium bull thread, uh, 22 or 24 inch barrel, you know, models. Now the one thing, you know, I think this is like right on the fucking money, maybe for somebody. Uh, I'm, I'm. I would love to fucking get my hands on one Mossberg. If you're listening to this, I would love to get my hands on one and see how this puppy feels. I am probably going to reach out to Mossberg. I would love to test one of these. Um, but the, you know, the AICS magazines, those magazines are, are a little fucking pricey. Let me see. I should have done this before I hopped on the fucking podcast. Um, but let me just do a quick Google and see how much an AICS magazine um, goes for nowadays. Which I think they're a little pricey if you want to stick with the steel. Uh, but like a uh, short action AICS magazine, AI, yeah, AICS magazine is $37.95, which is not too bad. It's polymer that's from the Magpul. Um, you know, but if you want the steel, it's a little bit more pricey. Uh, you know, I'll take it. Thirty-seven ninety-nine for a ten-round magazine—that's not that bad. Uh, one for the win. Like I said, I'm going to reach out to Mossberg. I would love to see if they could send me a tester of this. Uh, already talked about the Tombstone. Uh, new from Diamondback Farms, Sidekick Bird's Head Revolver. Uh, this is interesting, uh, just because I love a good bird's head. Uh, grip for a um, yeah, a revolver. Uh, it is priced at 327, which is a little high for a uh, 22, because uh, they offer it interchangeable cylinders from 22 long rifle to 22 mag. Um, I personally would like to see this in a 38. Uh, it is like a three-inch barrel. Um, but it's got a capacity of nine rounds. It's cool. It's two pounds. Um, I just think that's a little pricey. I guess I'm just used to like the Heritage Rough Rider type fucking 22 uh, revolvers. Uh, but that's cool. Um, next is Hawk Optics rollout new range finding binoculars. Uh, now I've been looking uh, for a good set of binoculars to take with me whenever I go on some hunting or camping trips. 
Uh, and the fact that these are you know range finders as well are really cool. Uh, it automatically turns off after 15 seconds of no operation to save power. Uh, it requires a 3 volt CR2 battery and uh, it comes with a you know a Molly system adjustable harness pack pad and neck strap and stay on lens covers uh, it is out to they got a couple different versions so the first one the MSRP is 1329 for the 8x42 and it's a uh, range of uh, just shy of 2,000 yards. Uh, it's 19, 1,968 yards. Then they offer a 10 by 42 model at 1439 with the range of 2,515 yards, which is pretty good. Bit expensive, but I just think that it's cool that it's a you know, it's a new thing coming out. That's really cool. Uh, new thing also, Walther PPQ Q4 OP. Uh, it is a steel framed Walther PPQ. Uh, basically, they are, you know, kind of following suit of uh, Live Free Armory, which, you know, we had in the podcast before, uh, you know, with their Glock style, uh, you know, aluminum frame pistol, and then Smith & Wesson's uh, aluminum frame pistol. Uh, eh, it's, it's cool, but, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, ev when everybody, right after the 365, how everybody started fucking coming out with the small caliber you know, at least 10 round uh, pistol. This seems kind of like the same thing. Uh, and then when you're looking at the price of it, you're looking at, I'm scrolling down, scrolling down, MSRP of $1,500 fucking dollars. And I wouldn't say that. No, it's not worth it. Uh, going on into the next thing is FN goes 10 millimeter uh, and 45 ACP. Meet the new FN 510 and the FN 545. So, um, and, and this is something else I'll go ahead and say. Also, uh, High Point has come out with a new 10 millimeter. I think it's like model GPX 10, uh, but everybody's calling it the the Yeet 10. And uh, it seems like 10 millimeter is like just a hot thing this year. But FN is following suit. It comes in the FN 510, uh, a 22 plus one magazine. Uh, within comparison, the new FN 545 is 18 plus one. Uh, that's fucking awesome. I mean, that is absolutely fucking awesome. Uh, these include uh, low profile magnet mountain or god magnet low profile optics mounting system uh, and also it'll fit just about any micro red dot footprint that's out there uh, it's a 4.71 inch threaded barrel and accepts most uh, comps and suppressors and now something else that's cool is that high, uh, high points GPX 10 uh, also comes with a threaded barrel and it's also got new texture and I, I can't believe I'm fucking talking at FN and high point in the same uh, you know parameters basically the same breath but uh, high points uh, comes it's got a new textured um, grip to it and it's the actual little H grip uh, kind of like stippled on there it's pretty it's kind of fucking cool uh, and I think uh, high points is I think it's going to be around like 329 don't quote I, I'm just going based off of memory here I can't believe I didn't pull it up uh, but I want to say for some reason 329 is sticking out my mind but these the MSRP is going to be 
uh, $1,139, which is just $35 more than the ask on the FN509 Tactical, which this is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I think this is a win here for FN. I've always loved the FNX uh, 45 uh, and I'm not a huge 10mm fan just because 10mm is really hard to get in my area. But I respect, uh, you know, the 10mm ballistically. Uh, and the fact that it comes with 22 plus 1 of 10mm, uh, that is really fucking cool. Something else that's come out is uh, Rock Island Armory introduces new Rock Island Armory 5.0 pistol. Uh, this is quite interesting it is a nine millimeter uh with it has a rectangular outer barrel profile and uh it also doesn't use a tilting barrel lockup uh the frame is aluminum with a polymer grip and internally the pistol is hammer rather than striker uh the pistol is not ambidextrous though with magazine release and slide catch on the left side only so the general idea of this with the you know non-tilting barrel and uh, the square profile is that it is to reduce the pistol's felt recoil. Uh, it is designed uh, using something called the ram valve system which is a patented linear locking system which combined with the low bore axis is supposed to intend to make like a very controllable pistol. Uh, it comes in two configurations, the standard model uh, with traditional sights and the SP with a smooth slide and no provision for iron sights and factory matted with a Seymour RTS2 red dot. Now, I, I can't fucking stand it when these fucking companies put like their own kind of like proprietary or like company that they, you know, are, are you know, in cahoots with. Uh, you know, doing, you know, their own optic on there because nobody's going to fucking use that optic. They're going to put themselves on either, uh, you know, like a Holosun, Trijicon, um, you know, that kind of shit. You know, nobody's going to fucking deal with that bullshit. And the price is kind of fucking wild. So the price is MSRP is $998.88. Uh, that's a, a bit high for a Rock Island in my opinion. But I would absolutely love to get my hand on one of these. Uh, and I tell you what, this is another one. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out to them and I'm going to see if they're willing to send out a tester. Uh, next one is Canik announces SV or SFX Rival S Steel Frame Pistol. Kind of same shit that we just talked about with Walther. Uh, they're just kind of following the suit of uh, Live Free Armory and um, Smith and Wesson. Uh, it's basically their SFX, you know, pistol with the aluminum frame. Uh, the chrome model is 9.49, and the all-black model is 8.99. It's a hell of a lot easier pill to swallow than the Walther. Um, oh, I did pull up the fucking uh, Yeet Cannon nine or ten millimeter. Let's see if my fucking computer will uh, refresh that page. So while I'm let, you know letting that refresh, so I want to make sure I got that pricing right. Uh, something else that now these are my two favorite things so far that has come from Shot Sh uh, Shot Show this year. Uh, obviously, besides you know the Mossberg Patriot and the Rock Island Armory uh, 5.0, this is something that I am very much getting. So the first thing is Magpul. Magpul came out with a shit ton of stuff. 
they come out with a DACA hard case, uh, which is like basically a Pelican style uh, case, but Magpul. Uh, uh, new selector switch, um, uh, uh, double pistol case, um, a, the, uh, whatever that, what is that, um, the Zev little, uh, brick looking gun that folds out kind of thing, um, they're doing, you know, it seems like they're finally coming out with that this year. Uh, the Magpul Barricade Stop M-Lock, I like that. But this, the, the fucking cherry on top here, is the DACA Grid Organizer. So if you're familiar with Pelican uh, cases, uh, you know, they have like the plug-and-play foam inside there, which is basically whenever you get it, it comes like a full foam, but it's already pre-cut into these little squares that you can uh, pull to kind of mold where your rifle is and all there, uh, which is awesome. I love that. But, you know, say, for example, uh, you know, you want, you know, you get a new rifle or you get a new setup and things aren't looking the exact same way as they were before. You either got to buy a new plug and play type foam insert or you're just going to have to pluck some more and then you, uh, you know, have this like weird little gaps in there. So, but this is like, looks like hard foam, uh, with kind of like, um, what I, you know, like if you know, if you ever go on a Cracker Barrel and they got the old pegboard game, uh, you know, it looks like, you know, it's got a ton of little holes all in there. And then you put these little, you know, squares inside these holes in their case and you can move them around and it's not just one thing it's you know it's something that you can easily take out and you know you can secure your rifle or your pistols or your ammunition or your magazines that kind of stuff in there uh and they come in different sizes and uh the msrp on these i saw somewhere but it's not on magpul's website i think i saw that the msrp on these for the larger size uh pelican hard cases was like 170 which is a little bit pricey but when you think that this is something that you can use over and over and over again and not have to constantly uh you know you know pick and play like with the foam and you know it's gonna have spaces in there and it's not gonna you know it's not gonna have that clean look you know i like that clean look uh on my stuff and uh you know this fixes that problem and it is super fucking cool man i love this with a passion and i actually have it's not a pelican case it's like some italian brand uh, I won in a range day like two years ago that uh, I haven't gotten nothing yet because I haven't gotten the uh, the plug and play for it. But um, I have gotten the, uh, the the hard case itself. And I just put like a, uh, like a bunch of soft cases in there. Uh, and that's what I kind of filled up with. But I'm fucking definitely getting this for it. So that is super fucking cool. Uh, the next thing... Uh, primary arms has fucking killed it this year and i'm going to talk about some of the new things that they're releasing one of the big things that they're releasing is their auto live 
battery cap. Now what this is, is this is something that you can put on your LPVO that's, uh, you know, maybe has an illuminated reticle or illuminated dot on there uh, and that you have to manually turn on. It's not auto on, it's not auto off. With this right here, it automatically turns any LPVO. Well, I think they, they're still testing to see exactly what LPVOs it fits on, but it fits on the major ones right now. Um, it you know fits on the major ones and it turns them into an auto on auto off and that saves battery life that makes sure that you have uh, you know always have you know a good battery in there make sure it doesn't run down a good battery that's fucking awesome and the MSRP on these I think is 150 uh, no 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 it's not 150 it's just 50 so that is, you know, not terribly bad. It's not a, a, a humongous, like, you know, extra $100 or $150 accessory that you're going to have to spend to make your LPVO a, uh, you know, auto on, auto off. The next thing that they've done is they come out with the new pistol sight. And the pistol sight is going to have their ACS, um, you know, reticle on there, which I love. I love the reticle. It's got a uh, 50,000 hour runtime. Uh, it's got the, uh, you know, common reflex footprint. And it's got, uh, you know, the, yes, the AC, ACSS uh, Vulcan dot. Or you could do the 3MOA dot cycle. And I want to say I saw that the MSRP on this is gonna be like around two hundred dollars now something else they've come out with a couple of binoculars themselves uh, one is a you know they're both I think they're both 10 by 42 uh, one's just a little bit smaller and lighter weight than the other um, and now like these like one I think is like 69 and the other one is 140 that's very affordable when it comes to binoculars uh, that is super awesome. Something else that they've come up with is they've come up with uh, a couple uh, new scopes. Uh, the first one is a one by six by twenty-four LPVO. Uh, the next one is a three by eight by forty-four first focal plane uh, scope, and the other one is a four and a half by twenty-seven by fifty-six first focal plane. Now that is amazing for long range shooters right there. Uh, that is going to be a fucking winner. And I, you know, knowing them, it's not going to be that fucking expensive. Uh, they also come out with a new five times magnification micro prism. And they've also come out with a new six times magnifier. And I think uh, that magnifier, I think they already have it with the MSRP. No, it says coming soon. Um, so a lot of this stuff is uh, pre-order. Uh, or I'm sorry, coming soon. There's a couple things that are pre-order. Uh, like I know that they have like one kind of cheaper red dot site that's pre-order now. Uh, the two binoculars are go ahead and pre-order now. Uh, and let's see this little kind of cheaper uh, red dot site. See what it is going for. It is 199 and 149. Uh, so the 199 has their ACSS CQB uh, red dot, and then the 149 is just the regular 149. So uh, Magpul, I'm sorry, well Magpul and Primary Arms are fucking killing it. Uh, that is awesome. And uh, for some fucking reason, the 
the uh, Yeet Cannon 10 millimeter page is not pulling up. So with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up the main segment slash gun gear news and reviews segment that I kind of rolled all in the fucking one. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the gun culture segment and start wrapping this show up. That I stole in the sixth grade. Light a fire in my chest and throw it up as a mystery. And close well, in this gun culture segment, we're going to talk about one of my favorite shows, uh, or movies, I'm sorry. We're going to talk about Behind Enemy Lines. Now, if you aren't familiar with Behind Enemy Lines, it's an older movie. It came out in 2001. It's got Owen Wilson and Gene Hackman. <clears throat> and it kind of takes place, I think, like in the mid to late 90s, whenever uh, you know we were still in Bosnia and Kosovo. Uh, and that's where it kind of takes place, and it's about Owen Wilson, who is an F-15 uh, fighter pilot uh, based off of a carrier. Uh, they're in the area doing a peacekeeping mission, and they decided that they wanted to uh, kind of go off course whenever they saw something on the radar, and they ended up catching uh, like just big evidence for a... Uh, genocide, like they discovered mass graves and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and when they discovered this, the bad guys decided to shoot them down. And it's all about Owen Wilson surviving behind enemy lines and him trying to get rescued. And uh, Gene Hackman plays his admiral uh, on the carrier and he fights the politics and tries to rescue Owen Wilson. So, uh, it is currently not on any subscription or, you know, streaming platforms. You have to either rent it for $3.99 on Amazon or you can buy it for $14.99. I actually own this on DVD. Uh, and it is uh, pretty cool. It is uh, an interesting story. And this is something that I didn't know. You know, there's like a lot of Russian-made weapons in there, like AK-47s, um, you know, PP. Uh, K's, there's, you know, Owen Wilson's M9, um, you know, just a lot of cool stuff in there, but this is something, and this is actually, we're getting this from Pew Pew Tactical, so we're doing this a little bit different today. Uh, the film is loosely based on the story of the Scott O'Grady story. So, uh, it's, you know, focuses, like I said, uh, on, uh, Owen Wilson being chased by several, uh, no-name goons, and uh, but one goon in particular stands out as Sasha Ivanik, and he you know the whole time like everyone's in uniforms, but but he's wearing a blue tracksuit top, and his face looks like it was, you know, just came like straight from a fight. Uh, his hair is always like greasy, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he always carried a Sig Sauer SSG 3000 with a Harris bipod. Uh, which is was really cool. Uh, you know, he was kind of like the the sniper in the movie, and he's always like taking these long shots at Owen Wilson. But uh, you know, they you know Six Hour began producing this in 1992, and they produce it still for the Euro uh, European market, and it's advertised as a sniper rifle uh, and a tool for a trained marksman. Uh, but you know, there's also uh, like I said, a lot of Russian style weapons. Uh, and, you know, there was ZC-75s, uh, which is something he carried, 
there is also, like I said, the M9s, uh, which is what Owen Wilson uh, and his pilot carried. Uh, and, and that's I think, was the main part. Uh, like, is mainly just a fuck ton of AK-47s in AK-74s. Uh, so that it's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Uh, it was like kind of like one of the first action movies that I really got into uh, growing up. And, you know, this this came out, I think, like when I was in junior high or high school. And, uh, like, it really got me into it. Like, Owen Wilson, this like, he was the kind of badass-looking guy. Uh, this is before he became, like, the goofy person. I think he might have just done... Um, Shanghai Noon and uh, you know he was kind of goofy in that but like you know he's a super serious actor in here uh, Gene Hackman I think this was his final uh, big movie that he did uh, before he retired from acting Gene Hackman is just an absolute fucking treasure for acting and uh, one thing that this movie did do that I like that all movies should do, I think, in my opinion, that tell like a very dramatic story is that they kind of said in the end, like what happened to the fictional characters in the movie. And I love when that happens because like gives you some fucking resolution. But anyway, check it out uh, for a rental for three ninety nine. That's definitely a cool uh, movie to watch over the fucking weekend. So with that, let's go ahead and start wrapping up the show. Well, I want to greatly appreciate you for listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I greatly appreciate you guys for uh, fucking, you know, sticking around for... Uh, listening to me today. Uh, I really enjoyed being back. I love talking about the new shit that is uh, coming out at SHOT Show. Uh, I'm definitely going to reach out to some of these companies, like I said, uh, Mossberg and Rock Island, and see if they'd be willing to uh, loan out a tester, so that way I can give you guys like a more in-depth uh, review of the product. Um, and I just really appreciate it. Uh, if, like I said, you haven't hit the subscribe button, that's the best way to keep up with new podcasts when they're released. Please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. That's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platforms. Also, make sure you check out our social media. Uh, we are everywhere 2A Lifestyle, except for on Instagram. 2 is spelled out T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Uh, we are very active on uh, our social media. Uh, also, go ahead and hit this, you know, uh, hit the subscribe button. But also check us out on Patreon. Uh, that is the way that you can help out this show, uh, you know, monetarily. Anything you guys give us, it goes directly into the podcast. I know GunCon is coming up this summer. Uh, I'm going to try and make it to GunCon since I didn't make it to SHOT Show this year. Uh, so, you know, like... Anything you give us that will help to make better content for you guys. Uh, so check us out there at Patreon to a Lifestyle Podcast. And until then, I hope you guys had great holidays. I hope if you're a hunter, I hope you get uh, a chance to go hunting before the season's over in your local area. And with some nice weather, at least here for me, I hope you guys get to go outside and enjoy it. Uh, do some camping do some survival stuff and until again and i hope you guys keep on enjoying that 2a lifestyle